Praise the Lord, everybody. Bless the name of Jesus. There is joy in the house of the Lord. There is joy in the house of the Lord. There is joy. There is joy.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Is our God worthy of the praise? Is he worthy of the glory and worthy of all honor? Let's put our hands together in the presence of the Lord. Let's put our hands one more time together and worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. What an awesome day to be here on the Lord's day. And the place in a place where I would live, breathe, I mean eat, whatever. Fellowship with the saints of God. There's no church like Christ centered church. I said there's no church like Christ centered church here in Hamilton, New Jersey, and across the world. We're here to pray. And welcome the presence of the Lord who's already here. We met him here because he's, he's always been here. And we're here to worship the Lord together. I'm so happy to see everyone. We're here to lift up the name of Jesus, but also pray. Pray that God will be in the midst of us, which he is. And any prayer requests you have, those who are watching, you are part of this church. You're watching. You can receive your healing. You can receive your breakthrough. And if you put in the chat what your comments or at least what you need prayer, we will definitely address it. And those who are here, if you can lift your hands, because I know we all have needs, and we know that we have a God that can meet every need, just as he did before. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. We thank you this morning, this beautiful Sunday morning, the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad. We are praying for healing in the bodies of God's people. We are praying for deliverance in the mind. Have your way today. God, we pray for the peace of Israel. We pray, oh God, for the nation, Lord God. We pray for the churches across America. And we pray for the body of Christ at large. We believe in one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And because, God, you can do all things, we believe it to be so. We ask of these blessings in Jesus' mighty name. Let's put our hands together and be excited for the kingdom of God in Jesus' name.
worship. Let us lift our hands this morning and just honor the King of glory. Father, you are holy, holy, holy. We give you all the honor today, Jesus. Hallelujah.
Your presence is there. 
your present Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Continue to worship the Lord this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. And can we just call him by his name, Jesus, everybody? Come on, let's call him by his name, Jesus, everybody. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Nothing like your present Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated if you can. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for being in his present this morning. Truly in his present there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand there are pledges forevermore. There's nothing like his present. In his present, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pledges forevermore. We greet everyone. We welcome you all this morning into the house of God this morning. Our online congregation, we welcome you. We greet you all also in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray that you just feel in the presence of God wherever you are worshiping God this morning. We pray that God be with you, sustain you, and protect you. Amen. We're so good to be in his present this morning. Amen. So we're so honored to be here one more time, and we want to welcome everyone. So before we continue to move forward with service, we're going to take a couple of testimony this morning. So if there's someone, uh, one or two persons have a testimony, and you want to testify with us this morning, amen. We're going to ask you to stand if you have a testimony, amen. Testify about the goodness of the Lord and what the Lord is doing. Hey, we have a visitor who want to testify. That's all right. Go ahead. That's all right. That's all right. Nothing wrong. That's all right. Yes, I graduated from nursing school in 18 days, and my birthday is in four days. So oh, hallelujah. Amen. And I just thank God for my mom's life because her birthday was also yesterday. So Awesome, awesome. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Someone else with a testimony. That's beautiful. Anyone else have a testimony? Brother Sharp. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. I just want to sing this little chorus about the goodness of God. Amen. Isn't God good Amen. to give us so many blessings undeserving that's what we are we are to thank him love and praise him for today and a whole lot more tomorrow oh isn't that good yes he is to give us so many blessings undeserving that's what we are we are to thank him love and praise him for today and a whole lot more tomorrow hallelujah to god be the glory hallelujah to god be the glory hallelujah amen amen somebody else have a testimony before we move on that's all right amen hallelujah 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 good morning church amen praise um, god approximately three saturdays ago i was at work and my mind just said to me check your camera when i checked the camera i saw police 
cars, fire trucks mm. at the house. I called my oldest son. I said, what's going on? He said, Mom, I didn't want to tell you because you get upset. There was fire. Mm. I leave work and I went home. In the middle of it, the adjuster, she came to the house. And she thought she knew all what needed to be replaced. When I gave her the estimate for the contractor and for the things that got damaged, she said to me, I don't think there's so much damage. I'd have to come back out and reassess. Mm. I said to her, do what you got to do. Yeah. Before the week was out, she called me back. She said, whatever you have submitted for the furniture, I gave you more. Mm. Whatever you have submitted mm. for the contractor, I gave you more. Hallelujah. So I'm here this morning giving thanks. Amen. Through the midst of my circumstances, and matter what all things look sometimes like you're going under, God is in control. Amen. I wanted to change the carpet in those rooms for the longest while. Hallelujah. <laughs> and let me tell you something. The fire damaged one room, Amen. and both rooms are going to get refurbished. So God is in control. Hallelujah. Awesome God. Awesome God. Hallelujah. Amen. Awesome God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Is there one more testimony in the house? Amen. Someone else have a testimony. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. That's all right. Someone else? All right. That's all right. So um, I'll go ahead and put my one and two in. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, you know, I had a privilege yesterday after being in, uh, in our, our district uh, function. Let me, let me just kind of pull back for a little bit. Uh, I want to say we, we had a, a district function this weekend, and I mean, it was one of the greatest that we have seen in a very long time. You know, I've been around the block a long time, and I've seen a lot of things. And, um, I mean, the way the Spirit and the presence of God was so richly uh, moving in the services, it was like, oh, my God, never before. So Saturday while I was there at the district conference for a business meeting, um, you know, I had to stay back because they have a youth function in the afternoon. So I said, instead of making, you know, multiple trips back and forth down, Joe came up with me in the morning, and he slept during most of the morning in the car. And then um, while the business was going on, so... Uh, you know, he came in shortly after the business meeting, just before they uh, dismissed the business meeting. So, um, you know, I stayed back, brought my extra change of clothes, and uh, so we went right into the youth service. So while I was there, you know, helping, you know, setting up everything, getting ready for the youth service, you know, musicians came in, came in early, going over their songs or whatever. And, um, you know, 6 p.m., man, oh, my God, they were just like a massive loads of kids just unveiled i mean they just came out oh my god they came in the place was so packed out with youth i mean it actually blew i mean i took pictures and sent some some pictures over to the group but i mean i was so so pleased and i was so blessed that i was able to you know experience what god is doing not only in our district but in the youth in our district and you know one of the things that's related to is you know in the past few years you know a couple of years ago you know with the pandemic things has changed so we kind of held back on um, having our, you know, social, you know, our gathering. And so it's like these kids came from all over. It's like, man, we've been waiting for them. In fact, one person came up to me and said, man, you know, we need to do this more. <laughs> you know, I said, yeah, we sure do need to do this more. So, but we, they, the youth had a very good time. You know, I had my stuff in the front seat. The kids came in. They kicked my stuff out. I got to, you know, relocate myself all the way to the back of the church. You know, it was all right because that was their service. But it was uh, indeed a blessing just to see the kids and the youth just worshiping and praising God, man. 
What a mighty God we serve. Listen, if you hang in there long enough, you're going to see what God is doing in our district. You know, a pastor went up and he spoke about revival. Um, was it pastor or was it better so strong? Pastor went up and spoke about revival. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, man. And then we, we've been seeing something. In fact, uh, we, we show a multicultural video there. And uh, the video that came that we showed um, was about, you know, revival, the things that we need to do in the time that we're living in right now. And I said there was no, there was no coincidence that that video came up with the same time because I don't think Pastor had seen. I, I don't know. He, did, he didn't see that video because I didn't show him. But, I mean, for, you know, the way things were just tied in together, man, you know that God is moving in the midst of what we're doing. And when we're doing things, you know, and we have God in our present, God is moving the way he needs to be. You know, we, all we can see at the end of the day is to God be the glory. Amen. At the end of the day, he's the one that's going to get the glory. So continue to worship the Lord. Continue to be with us whenever we have function and you can be a part of it. Be a part of it. God will bless you richly. Amen. And everybody say, it's offering time. Remember, we're trying to get our building. We can't get news any day from the township. And we need $500,000 as a pay down to make sure once we get the green light, we can go to the seller. We can sign off. We get the loan from the bank. And we can move forward. We have some work to do. So if someone is out there this morning, the, 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 the video of the building or the picture of the building is on the overhead on the screens here. So if someone here that wants to be a, a, a part of the miracle, a part of the blessing, a part of our reach program, you know, be a part of the investment. You will reap many more than you can imagine. Our sister testified this morning about what she wanted to do. But what God did, God did much more than she had uh, thought, you know, she wanted to get done. So we are, we're serving an awesome God, a mighty God. Amen. He's our provider and our keeper. So continue to trust the Lord. Amen. Be a part of the miracle. Be a part of what God is doing in this hour. Amen. We're going to invite you to stand if you can as we pray and receive this morning's offering. Amen. If you can stand with us. Amen. We ask you to stand. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your presence that we felt in this place, or is currently in this place this morning. We truly, Lord God, give you the glory and give you all the honor, Lord God. As we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask your blessing, O oh God, upon every giver, Lord God. Bless and keep them, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that someone, Lord God, will catch on to the vision that we have, Lord God. That they will invest, O oh God, in what you have in store for them, Lord. We ask you to bless every giver. Bless those who have to give and those who have not likewise. Open up doors. Continue to bless this congregation. Bless our leadership. Bless our church. O oh God, bless every family. Bless every home. I pray blessing like never before. Poor Alter your blessing upon each and every one of us, oh God. And we ask you to keep us and guide us. We ask you to sustain us, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that we'll continue to worship you, Lord God, because you seek at such to worship you. Have your way in our giving. Have your way as we continue to worship you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Remember, if you're paying online, you can go to www.myccc.faith. Cash app, see the dollar sign, CCC2711. And PayPal is the at sign Christ Center Church. Bring your tithes and offering into the house of God.
God, we love that name. Jesus. The name that is above every name. Jesus, the only saving name. Jesus, the only delivering name. Jesus, the name that causes demons to tremble. And so when we open up our mouth today and we say, Jesus, every demonic force, every evil tremble at that name because they know who is that name. They know Jesus is the almighty and all-powerful God manifest that we may see him. They know that Jesus is the one that has all power in his hands. They know Jesus is the one who is and is to come. They know Jesus is the great I am, the everlasting Father, and the wonderful Counselor, and the Prince of Peace. They know Jesus. Jesus, he is God Almighty. Jesus, he is God Almighty. Oh, Jesus, he's God Almighty. He's God Almighty. Amen. I love him. I love him. It is so wonderful to be in the house of the Lord today, another day that the Lord has made. And we are rejoicing and we are glad in the day that he has made. He woke us up, he started us on our way, and here we are this morning to give him the praise and the thanksgiving because he is so good to us. We will not be ignorant of who the Lord is and what he does. We will not be ignorant to what God has done and continues to do in our lives. Oh, Lord, we praise you. Amen. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Aren't you glad that you know Jesus is God Almighty? Amen. Aren't you glad to know Jesus is on your side? what's best for you and he has your best interest at hand i heard a man of god said yesterday that in spite of what god is not doing for you he still can do it and oftentimes we believe that because god is not doing something we think he should do that you know he has a problem with us or you know why isn't he doing what i need him to do and church all I can tell you is God is on your side. He knows what's best for you. You don't know what's best for you. Can you imagine if we knew what was best for us? How many of us will be further along where, than where we are today if we knew everything exactly what was best for us? Sister Arlene testified this morning. She wanted to get some carpets up and get some things changed. She knew the pocket couldn't say it. And so a fire, a fire might look terrible. I'm telling you, you got to know that Jesus is on your side and he is for you. He is on your side. And the way he works might not look like it's normal and the way it's supposed to be. But Jesus is working on your behalf. 
Let's go even further than that. How much sense does it make that the almighty, all-powerful God came to this world and laid down his life and shed his blood? And he says, oh, that blood is for your sins. Oh, I'm going to raise up from the grave, and that means you're going to have the opportunity to have eternal life. To me, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Just give me eternal life without all that stuff. Just, 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 just pardon our sins without all the blood stuff. Why we got to do all that stuff? But the way how he works, we don't always know. And all we need to just do is say, God, we trust you. And even when you're in pain because of what you're dealing with, just say, God, I trust you. And even when the situation don't look like it's going in the way you would like for it to go, God, I trust you. That's all we need to do is trust him and follow him. And at the end of the day, as we like to say, it will work out for your good. It will work out for your good. Amen. I'm just so grateful today for all the great things God has done and continues to do. And I pray that you too are grateful for what God is doing in your life. We have some guests with us today. And before we continue in our service, we want to acknowledge them. Catherine Clemens, Catherine, amen, Catherine, amen, Catherine, good to have you this morning, amen, we're so glad you came out, she's a guest of Sister Arlene, and Catherine, we welcome you to Christ Center Church, amen, and Testina, is that right, Testina, Justina, all right, you know, I had a couple of people look at the card, we, we saw your writing is fancy. So that could be a J, that can be a T, can be a, I don't know, a couple of things, you know, amen, fancy writing there. Who wrote it, Kath, um, Catherine or who, who, you wrote it, Catherine? Okay, fancy, huh? Okay, all right, so, we, yeah, we might have to call you Fancy Catherine from now on. <laughs> so, Justina and Catherine, we welcome you to Christ-Centered Church, your guest of Sister Arlene and Isaiah, right, right, Isaiah, don't leave my boy, I know that's my man there, Isaiah, we welcome them to Christ Center Church, let's give them a hand clap of praise, <laughs> amen, if there's anything at all that we can do for you and help you and assist you in your walk in Christ and, you know, you knowing him, knowing him a little bit more, just let us know, we will do whatever we can to help you, amen, amen, appreciate all the testimonies this morning, praise and worship. Man, whatever y'all want to do today, go ahead and do it and enjoy yourself. Just don't do anything wrong. Don't do anything sinful. But I got to say that. You know, the pastor got to say that. But but go ahead and enjoy life today. Man, Ethan, I'm sorry for you if Baby J decided to come today. <laughs> hey, Sean, if Baby J decided I want to come tonight, Ethan will get no sleep. I don't know what will happen. All that work you have put in, Lord, help touch Ethan, Lord. Touch all of them. They They really gave themselves. Amen. This entire weekend, long weekend. So, Baby J, give him a break if you want to. And I, it's your dad, Baby J. You can decide with you how you want to treat your dad. <laughs> Amen. But I just want to say to our praise and worship team, um, you know, I am just kudos to you all, and you're just amazing. You really are amazing. I, I told them this morning they can go to general conference and 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 just kill it. They they can go to any of these large conferences that we have and just put the work in. They are so good. I mean, our district, you know, praise and worship and musicians, I just want to put them together and say, come on, let's, let's go on the road. I mean, all the musicians. Um, Scott Sistrunk came over. What's going on with the brass over there? 
That's what he, you know, poured me. I don't even know if that's what you know, he's like, the brass. <laughs> you know, we had a section of brass. with like four brass instruments. We had brass going on over there. He's like, what's going on with that? So I'm like, that's just what we got going, bro. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> Hallelujah. You all just was just so great. And uh, we had an outstanding time this week at our district conference. Amen. God really is helping us. And um, we take no credit for anything. It's just, it's just God's goodness and his grace. And um, at this point in time, God has given us revival, and he's doing great things in our district. And it's nothing that we have done. It's just our time that God has decided this is your time. And so we're just going with the flow and being obedient and submitted to the will of God. And what a great service we had Friday night. What an awesome altar call we had. And uh, we thank God for all that was a part of it. Saturday, we had great business meeting. Amen. We, we're just moving along and conducting business in the proper way that it needs to be conducted. And um, we had elections, and I was reelected as superintendent, and I am grateful for that. It, you know, it's, it's not even so much. I walked away. Um, forget about the, um, the, the, the title. You know, I, I say all the time, and, you know, those of you that know me, I just like to be in the trenches just serving the Lord. I, I don't care about titles. But, you know, when you're a part of something, then, you know, you've got to differentiate, and there's titles. That, and so that doesn't um, move me, titles. Now, what really overwhelmed me yesterday was that I know where I came from. I know who I am. I know I don't have any pedigree. I don't, know, I don't have anything, right? Um, just, I'm just living for God. And um, yesterday when they elected me as superintendent, Every single voter voted for me. Not one person didn't vote for me. There was not another vote to somebody else. I just was overwhelmed by that to say, God, you are doing this. I cannot believe you see fit to say you will be the leader of an entire district. I, I'm, that, that to me, and it's interesting when you stick with God, little things will pop up in your life and you will, you know, think about it, but you kind of dismiss it because only God knows. Only God knows. And I, I remember this clearly. That, um, I was at one of our, when I was NAM director, I was one, at one of our meetings. And I remember one of our evangelists prayed for me. And he, as he was praying for me, I wish I could run into him. Brother Ivan Green. Um, Tim Green. Tim Green. And I remember Brother Tim Green was praying for me. And he couldn't keep his hands on me. He says, after the service was over, he pulled me to the side and says, the fire that I felt coming from you, God told me he's going to anoint you and put you in leadership that you would never dream about. And, and you hear those things and you say, okay, appreciate it, God bless you. And you keep it moving because you don't know, only God knows. And so when you see certain things begin to happen of things you heard prophesied, you said, okay. So now I know he's legit, God used him that day, God used him that day, and so on. And so, hey, we got two years to continue to do the best we can to make New Jersey District um, better than it's ever been, and we want to continue in the vein of revival. We want to plant more churches. We want to reach the lost, because that's all this is about. We're just doing our best um, strategic way of evangelizing this New Jersey district, and the best way to do that is to reach the lost and to establish churches that when people are reached, they have a close, an, an apostolic church that's close to them that they can get to. And so that's the goal. It's nothing special. It's just the word of God, and so I thank God for that. Brother Scarlett was um, um, given a, a, an additional job. He was the multicultural director. He was reelected as multicultural director. And then on top of that, he became the NAM secretary. So he got to work with his good 
friend, Brother White. <laughs> it, it's, it's great to work with your friends when, you know, you got a great relationship with your friends. And, um, you know, God has brought us all together. So we thank God for what he is doing. And then before I went to my bed last night, I was just so um, grateful because my last born, my last born, my last born was playing for the praise and worship team last night at the youth event. My last born have um, a drum set in our basement. And the way he got the drum set was he had some money. I said, listen, I'll go half with you on the drum set. And he came up with his half. And it's not a cheap drum set, but he came up with his half of the money. I put my half on it, bought him a drum set. And um, there are days where I have to close my basement doors and, you know, but he's down there banging away. And some days it sound good. Other days it don't sound so good. You know, um, but yesterday I wasn't at the youth event, but he was there and I watched him. I really appreciated him because he said to me, Dad, I want to be at the youth event. And this is in the morning while we're having business meeting. I said, all right, son, you can you can be at the youth event. And so we arranged it so he can stay over. Brother Scarlett would bring him back. And so it was just wonderful to watch him in the service last night playing. And then he told me, Dad, I want to go to the men's event with the men. So I'm just come on, son. Come on, son. Let's go. My boy. My last born. Amen. Hallelujah. I tell all my kids, my, I tell my firstborn, they can do whatever they want, but you were born to me. And because you were born to me, whatever plans God has for me is extended to you, too. And you, and you can run away from it if you want. But the bottom line is that's what God called you to do. He called you to be involved in ministry. And you can't do. There's nothing you can do about it other than just say, OK, Lord. Um, you can fight it, but, you know, you'll be like Jonah. You're going to find yourself in a predicament where you're praying, God, if you will get me out of this, I'll, I'll do what you want me to do. Y'all heard Pastor Mangan's um, testimony? Pastor Mangan, you know, his dad, powerhouse, G.A. Mangan. And, you know, sometimes, this is for some of you all that's gr- that grew up in church, sometimes the pressure of just, you know, seeing what your parents do in church and what God does, sometimes it could become daunting and challenging and you know, you're trying to be your own person, you know, but you, you, your parents, you know, they they already are walking the walk and you're concerned about that. And sometimes you just out of just sometimes you don't even realize it, but just out of intimidation, you said, ah, I want to be my own person. I want to do my own thing. And you try to go your own way. And and you don't realize that it's just God's will that you do what you need to do in the kingdom because God called you to that. And Pastor Mangan, you know, his dad was a powerhouse, and but he didn't, you know, whatever the reasons are. To me, I just believe it's just hard when you have parents like that. And he just didn't want to follow in their footsteps. And so he wanted to be an airline pilot. He wanted to uh, fly commercial airplanes. And so he was, you know, learning, and he's flying around, and he was flying a little plane and doing his thing. And one day he was up in the sky flying. Thunderstorm hit started it lightning start hitting the plane start dancing it started dancing and he got scared and of course lord you get me down the ground safely i do whatever you want <laughs> sure enough the lord got him down safely and now he is the bishop of the poa amen has done a great job after his dad turned it over to him so i understand sometimes our children are, you know, challenged and wanting to follow in our footsteps and want to be their own person. But if what God wants is for you to follow in your parents' footsteps in God, 
then just, just do that. Don't look at it as following your parents. Look at it as doing God's will. It's not following your parents. It's just doing God's will. Okay? Just do, do, do God's will. It's okay. And so don't fight it. And so I appreciated um, seeing what I saw yesterday. And to my other children, I pray that they will follow God and do what God wants them to do. Amen. Well, let's get into the word of the Lord. I won't keep you long, but I have something that I do want to share with you. And if you will stand with me and turn to Romans chapter 6, verse number 3, and then we'll jump down to Ephesians chapter 2, and we'll read verses 1 through 6 there. Amen. Brother Ron, good to see you this morning. And I didn't have to come get you or call you. Rohan is my man. Rohan, know I love him to death. Love that guy. Love that guy. Always glad to see them. Amen. Glad to see all of you. Romans chapter 6, verse number 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. We are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Can I say that again? Even so we also should walk in newness of life. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1, and you had he quickened. Who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein time passed, ye walked according to the course of this world. For those of you that sometimes hear, you know, people say, Christian people say, you know, um, the world. These are texts that we read that talks about the world. And this says in verse 2, in time past. Some of us walked according to the course of this world. What is the course of this world that the Bible is trying to tell us? According to the prince of the power of the air. So can we stop right there and just really pause? The Bible says you walk according to the course of the world. And it says there, according, it links the world to the prince of the power of the air. So understand it this way, Satan, his spirit, influences the minds of the unsaved. So the minds of the unsaved are influenced by Satan, those that are saved too, but the spirit of God in our life caused us to go in the right way. But when you don't have the spirit of God in your life, you're being influenced by the spirit of Satan. That's why the Bible calls him the prince of the power of this world the air the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience what does that mean so it means when we're disobedient to god it means we're being influenced by satan when we're disobedient to god we are being influenced by satan so you might have overlooked your disobedience to god as no big deal but really it's because you're being influenced by Satan. How can you say that, preacher? You want me to tell you why? It is natural for us to be good to them that are good to us. It is natural, natural 
God designed you that way. That if someone is good to you, you will automatically be good to them. This is why the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. Not because we were keen enough and smart enough to know you better love God. No, he was showing goodness to us. He was showing mercy to us. And so because he's showing all of his goodness and mercy and kindness toward us, it was automatic. Oh, I love God. So when we're not automatically obeying God, it must be because some foreign situation, some adversary or enemy has inserted himself between us and our God to cause us to not live for our God. Because our God, I started out by telling you today, God is good to us. And if he's that good to us, why wouldn't we walk in obedience according to his word? Not to mention we know he wants what's best for us. So why wouldn't we do it? It's because this adversary of yours is influencing your behavior. Hmm. Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others but god somebody say but god who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in our sins or dead in sin had quickened us Together with Christ by grace, are ye saved? Ye are saved. Even when we were being influenced by Satan and we're being disobedient to God, God is still loving you. And sometimes this is why we, we, we don't realize that we refrain from being saved and we don't fully surrender our life to God because we are only thinking about the good things that are happening for us. And so when the good things are happening for us, we say to God be the glory. But God loves you, so he's going to do good towards you no matter what. The question always comes back to what will you do in return for God's goodness toward you? Verse 6 says, and had raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You may be seated. Any one of us, anyone who is not born again of the water and of the spirit is spiritually dead. To be born again is to be baptized in water as the name of Jesus Christ is being proclaimed over you and you are being immersed in water. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is the Lord enveloping you with his spirit until you are infilled with his spirit and you will have evidence that you are filled with his spirit when you speak with other tongues. This is according to the Bible. That is how we are raised up unto spiritual life. 
So all of us, when we were born, we were born dead spiritually. There is no one that were born spiritually alive. When Adam and Eve sinned, the two first people that was on these on the face of this earth, they passed on their sin nature to us. And so every person that is born is born spiritually dead. This is why it's no coincidence why the Bible says that you must be born The Bible is so clear, it's specific. It didn't say you need to be saved. It it didn't say you need to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It says you must be born again because Jesus knows that we were born spiritually dead. And until we are born again, we are going to remain spiritually dead. So the Bible says you must be born again. If you're not born again, you remain spiritually dead. We must be born again. Tell your neighbor you must be born again. People who are spiritually dead are disconnected from the Lord. They have no communication or fellowship with him. These people are physically alive, but their sins have rendered them spiritually unresponsive, alienated from God, and incapable of experiencing full life that God could give them. Whatever you are experiencing as a person who are spiritually dead is not what God has in store for you. God wants you to experience spiritual life. And the only way you're going to experience it is by being born again. For those of us that are born again and not experiencing that spiritual life like we need to, somewhere along the line, we are living in disobedience to God and rejecting his spirit to be upon our The born-again experience is what resurrects us from the dead state unto spiritual life in Christ. When we're born again of the water and, uh, and the spirit, we are raised up from death unto life. We need to be alive spiritually to experience the full assurance of the life Christ has for us. The last thing I need as an individual is to be ignorant of something that's very important to me. I tell people all the time that I hope to convince people what the word of God says they need to do, that they will do it. But at the very least, when I share the word of God with you, you know what's in my mind? At least I informed you and you are no longer ignorant.
Because the last thing you want is to be living your life and thinking you know when you really don't know. I remember when I came from Jamaica, came to America. I remember, I used to laugh at the Americans, you know, they used to think that they had good marijuana. They would talk about, yeah, I got the good, I got the good collie weed. Say, what do you know about the good collie weed? Well, they say collie weed up here, but I knew the good sense of me. So they would say all these things, and they don't know that, you know, back in my country, it was just, you know, you just smoke. You, all this, you know, all this stuff they celebrating in New Jersey. Oh, we can buy weed, and, you know, I'm laughing like, yo, man. People was just walking around with a big head spliff all day, every day in my life. I don't know what's all this. Why are we getting all excited? You know, the devil know how to get you all excited about stuff. Everybody walking around thinking they can buy weed legally now. So, yeah, look at us. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my point is, when they used to tell me about their marijuana for me to, you know, take a smoke, take a draw, I said, I don't need that, bro. I come from where the best collie weed come from. I don't need that. I know the, where, the, where the best is, so I know about it. So you can't convince me of anything. So they left me alone. And today, I know Jesus. And you can't convince me of anything else other than what I know in Jesus. And so this is why I'm passionate about teaching and preaching to you, to give you the right teaching, give you the right information about God, so you are not ignorant to him. There's a lot of people out there, unfortunately, that don't really truly understand the word of God. We hang on to those scriptures, even when we misquote them, that make us feel good. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. We hold on to that. Because it makes us feel good. Remember I told you not long ago that if we start calculating the days that Jesus died and rose, there's no such thing as Good Friday. We, we don't want to really hear that because Good Friday makes us feel good. And so when I tell you the truth about that, that there's no way Jesus died on Friday, um, you know, that don't feel good. You don't want to receive that because really... You know, I grew up thinking Good Friday is the day that he died and, you know, Sunday is when he rose. And I don't want nobody messing with that because that made me feel comfortable. But the bottom line is I don't want you to believe a myth. I don't want you to believe some untruth. I want you to know the truth. I want you to know what the word of God says. And so this is why I'm passionate about what I teach and preach in this church. And so for every person who decided to become born again of the water and of the spirit. There are three things that needs to happen immediately after you've been born again. There are three things that needs to happen immediately after you've been born again. And so for all of us, I pray if you're not born again yet, you will get born again ASAP. And as you get born again, you're going to now need to understand the three things that's needful 
once you are resurrected from death to life. Can I tell you that your born again experience is resurrecting you from spiritual death to spiritual life? And what I mentioned this morning that I want to mention to you here again is when you read your Bible, when you hear the word of God, God will always, Rohan, have a similar or a, 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 what we call a typology of what he is trying to get us to understand. What do you mean by that? He will always show us something na- natural in the realm of this world to draw some kind of understanding of what he means spiritually. So when we say that you must be born again to become spiritually alive, there is a way to see what he's trying to show us in the natural, in the earthly. When someone dies and raised up from the dead physically, you have an idea of what resurrection is. It means no life. It means darkness. It means grave. And they're there. But if God touches them and they raise up out of the grave, it means now they have life. So that's natural. Spiritual is the same thing. When we are spiritually dead, darkness. Spiritually dead, the grave. Spiritually dead, grave clothes. Spiritually dead, we don't have understanding. Spiritually dead, we are not alive. We're like zombies. We're just laying there. But if you become born again, because that's the only way you can get to heaven, is by being born again of the water and of the spirit. To be baptized in his name, to be filled with his spirit, is the only way you can get to heaven. That born again word is so powerful. Just think about it. The Lord wants us to be born again. So it means however you are born in the natural, it doesn't matter. You hear me? However you're born in the natural doesn't matter. Now, if you stay the way you were born in the natural, then that's up to you. But if you're born in the natural with whatever issues you think you have, you just need to be born again of the water and of the spirit. Because when you're born again, guess what? You come alive and you take on a new creed, a new nature, and you become a new creature. And so you don't have to worry about the old way. God is specific. He said, we must be born again. He didn't say we must believe again. We must be born again. And so when you're born again, you have received spiritual life. It must be the complete process. Repentance. Repentance is death. You're saying I am repenting of my ways of living that is not pleasing unto God. So I repent. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. And then after you're done doing that, then you are going to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, not in the title Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The name of Jesus must be proclaimed over you as you're being immersed in water. When you come up out of that water, 
uh, and even before you go in that water, it can. But when you come up out of that water, you need to expect and anticipate to be infilled with the gift of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking other tongues. When you experience what I just described, you have gone from spiritually dead to come alive spiritually. But here is what happens now to some of us. When we come alive, it's like we just stay in that state. And there's three things that must happen when we come alive so we don't stay in that state. Three things must happen for us when we are risen from death unto life that we don't stay in that state. Let's turn to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. We'll go to chapter 7. And we'll start in verse 11. Luke chapter 7, verse 11. Ooh, Sister Patrice, you're on it, huh? This second service. You're not on it like that now. Second service. Second service. She knew I was going to that text, so she's ready and she's making it like she was. <laughs> but nevertheless, Sister Patrice, you got here quick. Luke chapter 7 verse 11 says, And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now, when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bear. And they that bear him stood still and, and he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he was delivered. Him and he delivered him to his mother. Jesus rose this dead young man from his state of being dead. Now remember what I said. There's three things that must happen when you're risen from the dead. So it is in the natural. So it is in the spiritual. And the first thing that needs to happen when you are resurrected from the dead and now i'm talking about spiritually the first thing that needs to happen is you need to be under the care of one who will nurture and train you when you're resurrected from the dead spiritual life when you're raised from your dead state to a spiritual life the first thing that needs to happen is you must be under the care of one who will nurture and train you what does that mean, though, preacher? Well, the Bible says here that when the boy was risen, what did Jesus do? He delivered him to his mother. Now, this boy wasn't a baby, so he didn't need to be delivered to his mother. He was big enough to go walk on his own and to go about and do whatever he wanted to do. But he was delivered unto his mother. Because his mother can care for him and nurture him. Well, you ready for this? The church is the mother of every Christian. The church is the mother of every Christian. 
every Christian is born again in the church. The church is the mother of all Christians. And so when you are risen from the state of being dead spiritually unto life spiritually, you have to stay in the church in order to be taken care of, in order to be nurtured up, because the church will mother you, because when you come from out of a state of deadness, and you are living in a place where you are dead, and you arise, you need to be taken care of and nurtured, and the church does that. We cannot get resurrected from the grave and think we can just go about and do whatever we want. We need to be in the church so we can be nurtured, so we can be taken care of. And you can only get that in the spiritual life in the church. I say this all the time and some people don't understand it. You cannot go to heaven without the church. There is no way possible for you to not be a part of a church and go to heaven. And I'm talking about a real church, not talking about a play play church. Because some people out there, they're playing around and call themselves church, but they're not really church. But I'm talking about a real church. You can't get to heaven without the church. Why do you say that, preacher? Because the Bible says the Lord is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He didn't say, I'm coming back for you and you and you. He said, I'm coming back for a church. A church. A people that are born again. A people that were once dead and, 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 and was resurrected through their process of being born again. He's coming back for a church. So if you decide that, oh, you know, I'm just going to, you know, get saved and, and I'll do my thing. God is going to say, well, who is going to care for you? Who is going to nurture you? Who is going to raise you up? Because I set in place the church to be a mother to you. The church will be a mother to you. And if we really are the church, we know that we can do what needs to be done to nurture up, to care for the newborn. That's what the church is supposed to do. So that's the first thing that needs to happen when you are raised from the dead. You need to let the church raise you up. Nurture you, mother you. That's what the church does. The second need for those who are raised from death unto life is for them to be given proper nourishment to enable growth unto maturity. Luke chapter 8. It's a little bit different than what we just said. Luke chapter 8 verse 40. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him. For they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. I'm, I'm, I'm down in now 49. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. 
so it started out here that here he goes. Jarius besought him that he would come to his house. His daughter was dying. She wasn't dead yet. She was dying. But Jesus kind of delayed going to the house and she died. Here we go again, Arlene. That don't make good sense. Somebody told Jesus their daughter is dying and Jesus didn't go immediately. What's up with that? What, what, I thought you care about us, Lord. I thought you love us, Lord. What, what, the, the man besought you. He was at your feet. Come on, daughter dying. Now, if you know a little bit about the story, you know that Jesus was going, but Jesus always takes his time. He's never in a hurry. Jesus takes his time. And so Jesus was on his way there. But that's when the lady with the issue of blood grabbed onto the hem of his garment. And he says, who touched me for I feel virtue has gone out of me. And they had a little bit of church. She got healed. Jesus ministered a little bit. And so that delayed him. But in his delay, Jairus' daughter died. He's like, man, how is, how is that reasonable, Lord? Because the dude, Jairus, met you first. So why would you delay? You go and do what he asked you. He asked you first. But that's not what happened. That's not what happened. To the point where daughter died and they like they said, leave Jesus alone because she's gone. No, nothing Jesus can do. While she was sick, Jesus could have did something. <laughs> Church, that's a story right there. That's a story right there. Some of the ways he does things is he waits for the situation to get a little worse. I know that's hard for us. I know we don't like that. Like, stop waiting, God. Can you do something now? But can I tell you, I believe sometimes Jesus waits because he wants y'all to know it's him and not some coincidence. He waits sometimes to do what he's going to do because he want to make sure when he does it, we will say, ain't nothing but God. Because there's no way it could have been done any other way. All that he did in Egypt with those ten plagues, why did he have to go through all of that stuff? He's powerful enough to do whatever he wants. But there's a lot that goes into this. Part of it is God is always extending grace for those non-believers around him. He's always extending grace. So if you don't believe him, he, he allows you to have a little bit of grace and to be able to say, okay, I, I'm, giving, I'm being given a chance to make it right. And so they said, don't come. She's dead. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, fear not. Believe only, and she shall be made whole. Now, whether they believe or not, Jesus can make a whole. Don't ever mistake that. You know how some people say, you got to believe. You think we have to believe for Jesus to do what he do? Jesus' power is not predicated on us. Even when he tells us, you need to believe. Don't mean that if we don't believe, he can't do something. That's just what he wants to tell us at that time. 
for whatever the reasons are. I don't know all the reasons. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the maiden. Can you imagine? I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. Y'all ready for this? I can imagine somebody is sick. And I said, you, 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 come on with me. We're going to do something. The rest of them looking like, well, what about us? You see how we are? And Jesus was doing stuff, you know, and maybe they were feeling that kind of way too sometimes. Jesus told Peter, James, and John, you come with me. Mom and dad, you come with me. Everybody else get out. And all wept and bewailed her. But he said, weep not. She is not dead but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. This is why he told y'all to stay outside. That's exactly why he told y'all to stay outside. Because see, he, he said, she's not dead. She's sleep. And here they go. Ha, 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 he's crazy. He's crazy. I knew Jesus was crazy. That's what they did. So he knew what he was doing when he said, just have them stay outside. I just want mom and dad and my boys that I know is spiritual. Just come on. That's all I want. I'm not messing with all of y'all. Yeah, they laughed. And guess what? And he put them all out (laughs) and took her by the hand and called saying, maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and watch this, and he commanded to give her meat. As soon as she raised up. So what am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you the second thing that you need to happen to you when you're resurrected from spiritual death unto life. The second thing that needs to happen is for you to receive proper nourishment that will enable you to grow to maturity. So if you're not being ministered to, to enable you to grow to maturity when you are risen from spiritual death to life, you will be in a state still of just not non-productive. You'll just be like a zombie experiencing just, just existing. We need spiritual food that nourishes us and enable us to grow up to maturity. Moving right along. The third need for those who are raised from the dead unto life is for them to be delivered from the remnants of this old life and to receive into the ranks of the risen. John chapter 11, verse 11 says, These things he said, and after that he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus of his de- howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent ye may believe nevertheless let us go unto him so how can jesus say lazarus is dead and i'm glad 
I believe he said that because he's saying if I was there, he wouldn't have died and you all wouldn't have believed that I'm the resurrection and the life. Remember, Jesus said to them earlier, I'm the resurrection and the life. And so the deal is, if Jesus, if Lazarus didn't die, he was in the grave four days. And Jesus raised him up. If, if, if Lazarus didn't die, they wouldn't get to see how God was raising the dead and how powerful he was. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him, lying Thomas. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus! Come forth, and he that was dead came forth bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with napkins. And Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. When you get raised from your spiritual dead state unto life by being born again, you have to be delivered from the remnants of the old life and receive into the ranks of the risen life. What does that mean, preacher? It just means that when you are risen from the dead state spiritually, you now will be delivered from the, the, the way you used to live, from the ideology, from, from the old ways. And then God will take off your old grave clothes and put new clothes on you. The way you used to dress, you don't dress anymore when Jesus saved your soul and raised you up from the dead. The way you used to talk, you don't talk anymore when Jesus raised you from the dead unto life. The way you used to look, you don't look anymore when Jesus raised you up from the grave and gave your life spiritual life. You can't be the same. As I said this morning, if you were dead in the grave and Jesus called you out of that grave and you are now alive, you don't say, oh, hold on, let me go back in the grave and hang out with those people. Nobody hang out with dead people when you're alive. So when Jesus raised you up spiritually, you're supposed to want to be with people that are spiritually alive like you are. This is, you know, sometimes people get upset and say, you know, this is why I don't want to go to church because the church tell you, you know, you can't be around people that are doing this. You can't be around people that are doing that. And we say these things, but we never stop and think about it. So it is in the natural. So it is in the spiritual. No person that is raised up from a dead state physically go back to the graveyard and go lay in the grave and says even though I'm alive I'm just going to lay in this grave and chill with all these dead people nobody does that so why would we do that naturally when God raised us up from the spirit and raised us up from a dead state and now make us spiritual why would we want to go and hang back out where we used to hang out and do what we used to do that doesn't make good sense we need to live that spiritual life the grave clothes need to come off. We need to see differently. We need to act differently and live differently. So it is in the natural. So it is in the spiritual. The resurrected life is a life being lived differently than when you weren't resurrected. 
Every person that is not born again is dead spiritually. And when you get resurrected by being born again, you need to live among the people that are living and born again. I'm closing. I don't know if that helped you today, but that helped me. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. Here's what Romans chapter 13, verse 11 says. And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time. Somebody say high time. High time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. God is trying to tell us something, church. It's time to say enough is enough. Whatever it is that's keeping you away from God, you need to say enough is enough. Whatever it is that's causing you to not give your all to God, you need to say enough is enough. The night is far spent. Jesus is coming back. He says the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Meaning the coming of the Lord is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantingness, not in envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Jesus is coming back and he's trying to bring us with him, but we got to be born again. we got to come alive out of our state of deadness. Nobody has to stay dead. Stand with me. Nobody has to remain in a dead state. When I say this to you, I'm not saying it to offend you. I'm saying it to give you knowledge. I'm saying it to help you understand how you can become better. If you don't know the state that you're in, you will never be able to improve or to become better. Oftentimes we want to get better, but we're afraid to assess ourselves honestly. When you assess yourself honestly, you can improve because now you know, okay, I know I need to be better. But if you tell yourself you're okay, if you tell yourself what you're doing is enough, then you will never move forward. We have to assess ourselves. What the Bible says, judgment must first begin at the house. You need to judge yourself so you will not be judged by others. You need to judge yourself to see where you are in God. Have we woken up out of sleep yet? It's high time. The Lord is at hand. His return is near. And we've got to get ready to meet God. And he's only coming back for his church. He's only coming back for his church. i got to be honest with you and tell you. Think about this. If we can't together as the people of God as a church why would God bring us together to be with him eternally so this is the practice run when we get saved and we're part of the church and how we get along with one another and fellowship and the things we do together that's preparation for what we would do eternally and if we can't do it now we will never be able to do it high time This is our dress rehearsal. 
we, we, we can't let, we can't, we, we, we can't afford to fail from this perspective. This is our dress rehearsal. And if you don't get it right in the dress rehearsal, you won't get it right when the actual marriage ceremony takes place. The Bible says to put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. The Lord is calling people to awake, to arise from their sleep and to walk in the newness of life. God didn't tell you you're dead and didn't give you an opportunity to come alive. He said we're dead and we are without strength in our sins, but we don't have to remain in our sins. We just went through two weeks leading up to the resurrection and after the resurrection, so we know that he gave his life that we don't have to remain in a state of death. So nobody should walk out of the house of God upset. Nobody should leave the house of God upset because God will always make a way for you. If the question is, will you take the way that God has made for you? He will always make a way. He, he has compassion. He loves you. He gave his life for you. So he will always make a way. The question is, will you take the way or will you just dismiss it? The resurrected life is what we're supposed to be living right now. We've gone through understanding what it's all about. We've gone through understanding the lamb giving his life and shedding his blood. We've gone through that. We've gone through how they crucified him and whipped him 39 times. And now we know that by his stripe we're healed. We have gone through them putting a crown of thorn in his head and sticking and pushing it down. And those of you that know what maca is, maca is long and sticky. And when they pushed that thing down in his head, it went down in his brain and he started to bleed from his head. Do you understand? He went through all of that. And then finally, they finished it off and placed the sword, thrust the sword in his side. And he began to just bleed out blood and water came out and he died. He gave up the ghost just for you and for me. And now he's saying it's time for you to raise up out of that dead state and begin to live a resurrected life. Because I did all of that for you. Are you going to turn your back on Jesus and just live how you want? Or will you live that resurrected life? And let me tell you this last thing. You ain't doing God no favor when you live the resurrected life. Because sometimes we make it seem like, oh, okay, like we're doing God a favor when we finally decide to say, I'm going to submit my life. You're not doing him any favors. If you don't want to be born again, that's on you. You're not doing him any favors. He has done all of this for you, but he's not, you're not doing him any favors when you just say, okay, I hear the preacher today. You know what I need to do? Blah, 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 blah. You're not doing God any favors. That's how good God is. We don't understand the goodness of God because we don't know another person that will do for us with no strings attached. Who do you know that does anything for you and not wanting something in return? Who do you know? And what Jesus has done, he's saying, I did it for you. I'm not looking for anything in return. I did it for you. Oh, hallelujah. Help me, Jesus. Let's lift our hearts. Let's lift our hands to heaven.
and call on the name of the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, your word has gone forth today, Lord God. And oh my God, I pray that every heart will receive your word today. Every heart will receive your word today, Lord God. And that every mind will be influenced now by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God. For Lord Jesus, I pray today that we will not let this Word escape us. But if there's somebody in here today that have heard the Word of God, will you respond in obedience to say, God, I want to be resurrected from death and unto life. If you want to, oh God, today be saved, be changed. You can be delivered today. You can raise up from your dead state spiritually unto spiritual life. Is there anyone here today that you want to come out of that dead state and step into that spiritual life that he has for you? Will you come forward if that's you? Will you come forward today if you're ready to step out of that deadness? You're, you're ready to step out of a life of darkness, a life that is unprofitable to spiritual things. If you're ready to step out of it, why don't you come forward today? That God will help you. That God will bring you up and out of it. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Father, help us today, Lord God, to not let this time, this opportunity escape us, Lord God. But, oh, my God, I pray that we will respond in faith and in obedience. Will you touch us today, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, I pray that we will give you access even now. Somebody give Jesus access to your thoughts. Give Jesus access to your heart and let Jesus reign in your life. Let him deliver you. Let him save you. Let him resurrect you because he has come today to resurrect you, to save you, to deliver you, to give you strength. Oh, God, have your way today. Have your way today, oh, great God. Touch us, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. And somebody today, Lord, will leave here different. We'll leave here changed. We'll leave here with a different perspective, Lord God. We'll leave here today, Almighty God, saying, Lord, here I am. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. Surrender to the Lord today. Surrender to Jesus today. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you, Jesus. Oh, glory be to God. Woo. Have your way, Jesus. Come on, somebody. Praise him today. Come on, somebody. Love the Lord today. Let God have his way in your life. Woo. The presence of the Lord is in this place. Let God have his way. Let God have his way. Let God have his way. Woo! Woo! He's still moving. He's still moving. He's still, he's still raising the dead. He's still delivering. He's still raising up. Let God have his way. Let God have his way. Oh, yes, Lord. We praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't want to close out the service this afternoon without giving someone another opportunity.
you're here, you're still undecided, whether or not you want to give your life to the Lord, you want to get baptized in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to ask you to, we're going to give you another opportunity to step forward this, this afternoon. Amen, amen, amen. The resurrected life. Hallelujah. The Bible says, a man being Christ, he's a new creature. If you want to be a new creature, this is your chance, it's your opportunity this afternoon. Is there someone else there this afternoon? Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord another round of applause this afternoon. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just bow your heads with us. Father God, we love you. We give you honor. We give you all the glory and all the praise today, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for the man of God that poured out his heart to you today, Lord God. We ask you, dear God, to restore unto him, Lord God, strengthen his body, Lord God. We ask you to sustain him and continue to keep him, O oh God. Continue to use him for your glory, Lord God. We ask you, dear God, that you will dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence, Lord. We pray for every home, every family, Lord God, that you'll bless us and keep us, O oh God. Lord God, help us to realize, O oh God, that you brought us into this world and you're coming back for us. And, oh, God, the only way we can come or go with you, Lord God, is by us repent of our sin and get baptized in your name, oh, God. We ask you to keep us. Lord God, let you will be done. Your kingdom come. We love you. We give you glory and honor. As we say, thanks for your blessing. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Lord, bless you. We thank you for coming. May the Lord keep you and guide you. May the Lord let his light shine upon you and strengthen you. You're dismissing Jesus' name. Be set free. I think we may still have some more beef patties in the kitchen for sale. Support our building fund. Amen. In Jesus' name.